You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein, Looking at things a little differently this week, obviously, last week the news broke, of course, that the Packers are parting ways with Joe Barry. Search for a defensive coordinator is still on. Things are, of course, heating up. Some rumors are out there that potentially the job's already been offered. But while we wait for all of that news to actually become confirmed, we thought this week we would go through and do a 2023 season in review. Now that the Packers are officially in the offseason and now that we've had time to digest their exit from the playoffs. So Perry, let's talk about it. I mean, I think by all accounts, the season exceeded expectations, but the expectations that we had going into the season were not the ones that we had entering the end of the season. So now everything looks a little bit differently in 2024 and beyond. That they do, Maggie, that they do. Um, Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's hard to even remember what our expectations were going into the season (laughs) right like I think I keep going back to some of the main questions which were number one is the quarterback the quarterback you know do we have the guy or are we going to be searching for the new quarterback in the draft in 2024 I think that question's put to bed um I don't even know if we really need to go into that too much because it's pretty unequivocal. I think we could even, we're probably this off season going to a have a, an episode breaking down Jordan loves contract extension yeah. and, or, you know, rip it up new, you know, four or five year multi-million dollar 
um, deal that he is inevitably going to get. You know, it's going to be 40, 45, 50, who knows, million dollar deal that he's about to get. I mean, that's how good of a season Jordan just had. It went about as well as it could have gone. Um, we'll probably have an offseason conversation at some point during the dead of it all, looking at his statistics and how he may or may not have come out as a top 10 quarterback by the end of the season statistically. So um, 1A going into the season was have the Packers found their next guy? And that question was answered. And I think quite frankly, like that's when you're, when you're making the transition that the Packers were this season, that's the most important one. All the rest of the pieces can be changed, can be tinkered with, um, can be upgraded in a much more seamless fashion. But in the NFL, the QB is the most important decision. It's the most important question, and they hit it out of the park. So while, yes, they ended up going 9-8, and eight, you don't expect them to go 9-8 and eight in 2024, um, you mentioned it, you know, I think the next biggest question in this off season is who they're going to go with at defensive coordinator. Um, the most important going into the season, wrap it up, tied in a bow, um, is Jordan, the guy and Jordan's the guy. Yeah. I mean, I think that was, you know, we joked about it, the buzzword, the evaluation year. And I know going into the season, we had a certain set of expectations. We said this is absolutely a roster that if Jordan is who they think he is, should go 10 and 7. Like the defense, that was, I think, what's been so interesting about this whole thing. This is probably where everything takes a deep dive. As we said, the defense is going to have to carry this football team. And they did in the beginning of the season. We had said like offensive line issues, you know, wide receivers getting on the same page, really young offense, youngest team in the league. There were so many little asterisks that we put next to the offense. And we said like, when they develop, it's going to be something really special. And to actually get to see that in season, I think what ended up happening is that the offense, you know, grew leaps and bounds over what we had expected. You know, we, and it's exciting now to think about that offense, getting a full off season together to develop and to get back at it and to go into this with built relationships because the foundation I think was already ahead of maybe what we expected. And I don't think going into the season, we expected the defense to struggle as mightily as they did. And obviously injuries always play a factor into a lot of that. You had Rashawn Gary coming back from an ACL, like those things are never easy, but the expectation was that the defense was going to kind of lead the charge and on paper, they should be a very specific way. And that's the part that didn't come to fruition. So I think, you know, like stock up on the offense and stock down on the defense with now we're seeing that the, <laughs> a brand new DC coming in. So tells yeah. you what the Packers thought about the performance too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like, and I think I said this on pack a day, not sure if I, it was repeated on this show. So I will repeat it now. And I feel, I still feel this way. I mean, I think the way that this season ended was absolutely best case scenario. I mean, I could not have picked a better. Barring a Super Bowl. <laughs> sure, sure. I, but I, I mean, in, in the scope of reality mm -hmm. for this Packers team, right? They found their QB. They 
ended the season, right, as we said at the beginning of the season, as long as they end the season better than where they started, which unequivocally they did, right, they're on the right trajectory. Everyone is development arrow pointing up. And they're still moving on from what we all thought of as the weakest link on this team, which was their defensive coordinator. All three of those things happened. Like this team should, by all accounts, and it will depend naturally on who they choose, but the rumblings in the building seem to be they're going in what fans seem to think is the quote unquote right direction when it comes to defensive coordinator. But depending on who they choose, they're going to get better in that defensive coordinator category. I mean, this is literally best case scenario for this team is they ended better than where we ever thought that they would be. They're going to start the 2024 season as contenders in the NFC, at least. And they moved on from their defensive coordinator, who was, by all accounts, holding that side of the ball back from their full potential. I mean, this is, I cannot think of a better scenario for the 2023 season than than that. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things here, too, is one of the biggest question marks, right, was what was going to happen to a team without Aaron Rodgers. And it was a, I mean, Brian Gutekunst got destroyed for this decision, right? And we have talked about that. We don't need to like rehash it, but the grass turned out to be greener and, you know, like it'll be cool to see him play with the Jets next season when he's fully healthy. Like that was a missed opportunity for everyone, but the Packers still got an extra second round pick his money is, you know, moving off the books. Mm -hmm. They're young. Their offense is very inexpensive. They actually have some wiggle room and free agency. Like there's guys, obviously, like we talked about it on pack a day yesterday. I don't expect guys like Anton Winfield to sniff free agency, but if the Packers wanted to go make a splash theoretically somewhere for their new DC, they have a little bit of capital to do that this year. Things that they didn't have next year. They've got five draft picks inside the top 100. Thanks to, you know, the, the trade. So even where there's perceived areas of weakness, you can tell immediately that they're going to be addressed. You got a new DC. You theoretically spend all five of those picks on the defensive side of the ball if you choose to. And this is a Packers team that statistically was better than they were in 2022. So in, in a rebuild year, they ended with a better offense, a better defense, a better red zone percentage, better third down percentages on offense. Like just to, to make the decisions that they had to make, it just can't be understated how phenomenally the front office handled all of these decisions because not only did the team improve, but they're in an even better position to succeed next season. Mm -hmm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And they were not easy decisions to make either, but a good GM doesn't think about just the season ahead of you. They think, like you said, about, okay, this season and the following season and likely the season after that, right? You have to think two, three steps ahead. Um, You make really great points about the salary cap, draft capital, free agency capital. I mean, we're we're heading into those stages of the Mm -hmm. off season, right? I think to your point about the draft capital, obviously this team has always been very much a draft and develop team. And we saw that come to fruition this season in being, as we heard ad nauseum, the youngest team in the league, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I mean, when you hit on the draft (laughs) as they did, you see how important and impactful those young players are. And like you said, they're very cheap. And that core is going to be together for a very, very long time. And again, like they hit on those players, right? It, it could have gone, you never know how it's going to go. Um, but now in this, as we've said, this evaluation, so to speak, we were looking at which of these young players is going to be with Jordan. Now, okay, we have our QB, which of these players is going to be with this QB in this future state of the Green Bay Packers. We also got that answer, which is the majority of them, which is pretty freaking awesome to see, you know, two young tight ends, four or five young wide receivers, which, I mean, how to make a decision around that. And you mentioned, you know, there are a few positions still to make decisions around running back on the offensive side of the ball is probably um, one of them. But now, as you mentioned, there's some room money-wise to work with. But at the same vein, in my mind, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, I actually wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if they didn't make a big splash in free agency, they don't need to, because if you look at the core of who they have, they could get more of that second tier in free agency. They don't need to go and do the Zadarius Preston Smith level season. They don't have that level of money, but you know what I mean? That, that caliber of let's get four big names mm-hmm. and they don't, they have such a solid foundation of the guys already. They can do the draft, see what they need, get one, you know, maybe two, if they have the money for it, free agents to fill in some holes, but they've set themselves up really nicely to not have to even lean on free agency if they don't want to, um, which I think is a really nice position to be in. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a, a big part of this is they are such a draft and develop team that a lot of their core pieces are homegrown you've got Jair Alexander you've got Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark and Quay Walker and these are fundamental pieces that'll be on the defense for a while so when you have a DC he's not coming in with a bare cupboard he's saying like we've got cornerstones at basically all of the premier positions but they also have the ability to say like 
I think I mentioned it on pack a day, but if you have like a Christian Parker who comes in and has experience with the secondaries, he might say, I want Darnell Savage back and I want to play him is as a nickel, or I want to play him closer to the line. Like there's certain things that a DC might come in and say, Hey, the pieces are really close here. Here's how we want to utilize them. And I don't think the Packers have any pending free agents that are necessarily going to break the bank either, which is nice for them. There's a lot of guys that they could retain. I think like Keyshawn Nixon is an example of that. He's probably not your starting nickel next season, but he for special teams prowess alone is invaluable to that locker room. So they're just in a really nice position to be able to kind of retool in what we all expected to be this rebuild year. Like the pieces are still there. This team isn't like, drowning for talent you know like we talked about the defense not living up to expectations but there's still there's still some guys on that side of the ball right to hang your hat on that are still ascending players at the NFL level yeah I think it's just a matter of finding the right ways of using them to your point which is is going to be really fun to have someone come in and say okay yes here are the pieces I'm going to move them around the board differently and now, Goot, now, Matt, let's go find in the draft, in free agency maybe, some guys to fill in in places that maybe we weren't thinking about before because I would use them in a different way. At least that's how I would hope. Um, there are some the obvious holes, right? right. Safety. I think another inside linebacker. Um, always looking to add up front. Um I would not be surprised if they took another corner in the draft, yeah. right? Um, we have no idea what's going to happen with Eric Stokes. They traded right away Rasul. Um, I love Carrington Valentine, but, you know, we saw what happened with Jair being, you know, on and off with the injuries. And I think you can always have more talent in the cornerback room, quite frankly. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be another season where the Packers put more stock in that side of the ball. But this season, 2023, really was so much about the offense. And look how well that went. And now is going to be about, okay, let's get that side of the ball into their second year jumps. Um, and I'm excited about that. I don't want fans to be like, oh, they're they keep pouring more talent into the defense They keep pouring more talent to the defense. They sh I think they should be because the offense is in such a good place. And I don't know how you don't look back on the 2023 season and think otherwise. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I kind of, while you were saying that I was thinking about, you know, one of the big question marks going into this season was what does the Matt LaFleur offense look like without Aaron Rodgers? And Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love said, we will effing show you what this offense can look like without an MVP quarterback. Like Jordan Love balled out, right? He exceeded his own expectation, like, not his own personal, but he exceeded expectations for what we thought that, you know, his offense could look like in year one. And I think what's so nice about that is Matt LaFleur gets to continue to focus now on the offensive side of the ball, bring in a new DC and say, do whatever the hell you want. Like, <laughs> here's the keys. <laughs> So, you know, cars are in the garage, do whatever, like take them, do whatever you want. And now a, a new DC gets to come in and retool and see the pieces that are there. And Matt LaFleur gets to continue to develop the young offense that he's got. There's not a, like a shared expectation of I have to devote my time and resources to the defensive side of the ball because we don't trust the leadership that's 
on that side of the ball. So that that's significant too, is we've seen what Matt LaFleur can do with this offense. We've seen him in his bag of tricks and that's only going to continue to develop in 2024, which is also really fun to think about. Like we've now we've finally seen the Matt LaFleur offense, the way that it's supposed to be run. And it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little more. Cause I mean, we went into that this season, right? Everyone was saying that not just Packers people, but everyone around the league, like, Obviously, when you take away an Aaron Rodgers, the question is, like, what does an offense look like? I mean, that's just a natural that's a natural thing to ask, especially for a young play caller. I mean, who was Matt LaFleur pre-Packers, right? He was a Titans OC. He didn't even call plays. Like, this mm-hmm. was a fair question. Naturally, Matt didn't appreciate the question. <laughs> every time people asked it, he was like, you've seen it the collaboration between 12 and Matt was just that it was a, it was a collaboration and there were things 12 didn't enjoy doing, which was being under center a lot. Guess what? The Packers were under center, like 60% of snaps this season, big change, all the motion, right? John Ernie Jr. Made a kind of a joke about the Packers looking more like the, um, the Miami dolphins. And everyone was like, what because you guys don't look that great and then what did we see a lot more motion that was very reminiscent of the Miami Dolphins which maybe the Miami Dolphins actually looked more like Matt LaFleur offense because you know the relationship between the coaches um I said that say that in jest but they come from the same tree um (laughs) but you know, there was just, there were changes, right? 12 left and there were changes because Matt got to call plays for a quarterback that said, okay, coach, let's try it. Um, and that is not to diminish Jordan in any particular way. We got to see Jordan check at the line a little bit more towards the end of the season and see what the defense was giving him and make changes. And that was also, aside from the Matt LaFleur offense point, really freaking awesome because a first year starter like very rarely does anything like that but to your point yeah I mean we really got to see some tweakage if you will some updates to what Matt likes to call and he also I think totally 12 aside had a lot more pieces to work with on offense and let's be real like you upgraded from Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and to Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and <laughs> Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And, you know, you lost our Mercedes Lewis, but you got Tucker Craft, who can also now block really nicely and a Luke Musgrave. I mean, look at all the pieces he also got. To, I mean, this offense upgraded its weapons hardcore for its coach. So as they develop into 2024, again, like you said, he's going to get to pull into that bag of tricks a little bit more. And it's going to be really fun because that chemistry, I mean, we saw the chemistry change so much as well over the course of the season, and it's going to hopefully just continue to build. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about obviously the offensive side of the ball. We've talked about changes we expect to see on the defense. I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are on special teams, because I think the expectation going into this season was like it was the entire offseason narrative, right? Was do you go with your rookie kicker who has struggled the entirety of training camp or do you sign a vet? And throughout, I mean, we saw Mason Crosby miss a kick 
for the Giants late in the season. And then you're talking about the Packers rookie kicker also struggling throughout the season. So one, I'm curious, you know, we saw the Packers make a DC change. Obviously, Rich Passaccia is safe going into the 2024 season. But do you think his seat like continues to get warmer? And what do you think of like the special teams unit in general? Because it feels like every season we're having the same conversation about how it just doesn't seem to have an arrow pointing up like the rest of the team does. Oh, dear. <laughs> It's kind of a loaded question. I'm sorry. I'm not like, I, yeah, no, no, it's, it's a good one and it's worth asking. Right. I, I just think there, there were too many variables in special teams this season for me to ha- like accurately pinpoint an answer and, or put it on a coach, you know, like I was thinking about it as I was watching the 49ers lions game because Jake Moody in yeah. the 49ers rookie kicker was touted as this, like, the best, you know, rookie kicker, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he missed a really important field. You know, they ended up winning the game, obviously. It didn't matter. But he missed a really important field goal in a key game, too. And so, I don't know. You know, I'd like to – maybe I have more patience than other fans do. And, no, I don't want, like, on-the-job development, as our friend Andy Herman says, in a divisional (laughs) round game. I think the leash, uh, to answer your question, I think the leash with Basaccia is shorter because of his, like, quote-unquote, special teams prowess. You you bring somebody in, you pay him that level of money because he's known for being this dude. Um, When the results don't come quickly, then, yeah, there's questions there. Um, this is your thing. Why? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Packers are just cursed for having bad specialty. I don't, I don't know. But at the same time, you also have an all pro kick returner who, you know, once again, led the league in return yards. Like I, it just, it, again, too many variables, but I'm sure he'll be back this season, this next season. And if Anders Carlson improves, and is a consistent kicker, and they bring back Nixon and is once again an all-pro returner, and they're average, I don't think I care. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what is so challenging about this, is the expectation for special teams is never like, we have to be a top five unit in the NFL. Like, would that be nice? Of course. Like, field position always matters, right? It's at a premium, not to belittle the skill that it takes to play special teams. But if you're like around the league average, you're normally okay. I think the problem with the Packers is that they're historically like 28th. You know, you're like in the bottom 10 or bottom five teams. And it's like, historically, how does this keep happening where we keep getting new special teams coordinators? And it was Zach Cruz on Twitter earlier had said that if you watch special teams operations this year, yes, some kicks were missed, but a lot of it was just the entire operation. The Packers invested in a veteran long snapper who had won the Super Bowl, and he was still one of PFF's worst graded players at long snapper. So I think part of it, too, is that special teams continues to be a revolving door. And one of the things we talked about when Basaccia came in was they're investing a lot of resources in special teams, right? Like normally these are like fringe players, and that's kind of how you make a roster as being a bubble guy that can contribute. And I think what we're seeing is teams are saying, 
you know what, maybe we need to actually invest a couple resources into like good teamers because it can make or break a season for you. And what we're seeing now maybe is the Packers, maybe the, maybe those are going to be a couple of the picks in the draft, obviously on day three. But, you know, I could see the Packers saying, hey, we know that there's room for improvement here too. So let's get some guys who can actually change the game in key moments. And it, and I mean, look, it worked out with Keyshawn Nixon. Yeah. It's, it's worked out with a handful of other guys. I mean, what was it? Eric Wilson who made that amazing, amazing fumble recovery in mm-hmm. just this past game. I mean, it, I, I've seen them do it. And maybe to your point, right. It's consistency. It's keeping the same core guys around. Um, I would love to talk to someone who is more of a special teams nut. Maybe we get justice on justice loves. Yeah. Special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's just not, it's not a side of the ball that I unfortunately like, pay enough attention to. Um, yeah. But it has to get improved because we saw it just this past game where a kick or two, you know, in this Lions game, right? A kick or two, you win or lose the game. Like it is, it is just too important. Um, it's just too important. All right. So as we wrap this one up, as we kind of put a bow on the 2023 season next week we'll look ahead um do something fun we did last year talking about how this packers team compares to super bowl rosters but as we put a bow on the 2023 season any final thoughts you have expectations that were exceeded expectations that were not met favorite players favorite moments any of it let's hear it recapping the 2023 season oh my goodness what a loaded question (laughs) um I think expectations were obviously exceeded. Um, that much is fairly obvious. I don't know if there are many fans who would say otherwise, or else you just were really high on this team. Um, favorite moment? I would say I definitely look back on us being at that Saints game differently now that the season is over than than at the time. I mean, the fourth quarter comeback that early in the season was such an indication of who this team is now that I look back on it differently. Um, For those listening, Maggie and I were at the Saints game. Um, Obviously, we know they we're losing. <laughs> and then they came back and Jordan and the team had a miraculous fourth quarter comeback. The defense did just enough to force the saints to miss a game winning field goal. And they snuck out a win. And the change in this team, the ability to a do that come from behind win young team, but the ability to like be resilient and punch back, which is something that this Packers team has not really been able to do in years past if you had told me then the way the season was going to go, I would have said, well, that fourth quarter comeback shows me who this team is, right? So I'm excited to see what they do with this next season now that there's expectations on their shoulders, now that they have expectations too of themselves. Not that I don't think that they had expectations of themselves this season, but um when the world has expectations of you as well. I don't know if that's going to change how they view themselves and how they go out and play. Um, But it was really just one of the most fun seasons of recent memory. Yeah. And I, I, 
I agree with you 100%. I'm glad that you brought that up because the, I think the trend of the season has completely been resiliency. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the being punched in the mouth thing, because that's something we've talked about in every year under Matt LaFleur's tenure was, can this team respond to adversity? And there were moments where it felt like, okay, they're down seven, the game's lost. Um, in previous seasons and this year it felt like they were in just about every game until the end and of course there were games that were too close for comfort that you were like okay you're playing down to your opponent here let's not do that but they also put themselves in a position to win a couple more games than they did end up when you know the Falcons game comes to mind here too like there was a lot of promise in this season but yeah I'm with you that was such a fun game to be at not for the first three and a half quarters but the end was really fun (laughs) And the playoffs and just to not have expectations. And now we joke, you know, like it was a fun, fun whole half a season where we didn't have expectations as Packer fans. And now we're back to expecting the Super Bowl for the next 15 seasons until Jordan Love gets traded to the Jets. But I mean, it's title town and the expectations are back. And I think that's what's exciting is we didn't know going into 2023 if we were going to be allowed to have expectations or if it was going to be like, uh oh. Like we're kind of entering that like muddy middle where you don't know if you're a good team or a bad team. We found out the Packers are a good team and they're going to be a good team for a while. So exceeded expectations and just can't wait to to do it again in 2024. Me too. Me freaking too. <laughs> we will be back next week. Obviously we said we've got a fun Super Bowl show planned. Thank you as always for listening to the show in the audio formats or for finding us on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you don't already. It has been such a blast being part of the YouTube community. We are so thankful and fortunate every time we look in the comments and see fans from other teams have found the channel. Really cool. We love that, you know, the audience keeps expanding. And we hope that we're objective enough that you like listening, right? Like we we don't talk too much shit about other 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 teams. We and try. Other bases. We yeah, try. we we try to keep it uh, keep it you know polite and cordial and analytical. But you can find the podcast on Twitter at pwss podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything this 2023 season. We can't wait to bring you a ton of good off season content and do this again in 2024. So as always. Go Pack Go!